Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 360. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 227, A Word with Dr. Jones. And you did call it ahead of time because I was like, all right, let's do some guesses. I'm sure it's not an Indiana Jones reference. No, I kind of figured with Doctor that it was going to be something related to the university of what it is. And that is exactly what it was. Cecil announces that he has been invited to a secret meeting with Dr. Dr. Jones, the assistant to Dr. Lubell, but it's got to be very secret, so nobody can know about it except Cecil and his mic and everybody listening to the program. Yeah, yeah. Now, Cecil talks a little bit about how he thinks like all the things that Dr. Lubell is doing, like the changes that have been made, he thinks they're permanent, which really makes me sad because uh, yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, we've lost the glow cloud, we've lost... Oh, who else have we lost? Station management. We've oh lost Sarah God. Sultan. Jeez. So, yeah, but um, he wants to talk to Dr. Jones to find out what's going on, even though he really kind of... I think Dr. Jones may have been the guy who sassed him at the Moonlight All Night Diner that night, and Cecil almost punched him. And so he really is just like, I don't really don't want to talk to this so-and-so, but I feel like I have to. But anyway, more on that later. Uh, next, we go to the news. A body has been discovered in the sand wastes by the secret police, and it is a body that resembles Dana Cardinal. Well... It resembles a photocopy of a photocopy of a yearbook photo from back when Dana was in school. But other than that, it's an uncanny likeness. So Sam of the Secret Police was going to take it back to be autopsied. But Dr. Lubell stepped in and she wants it taken to the University of what it is so she can study it. So I, I don't know what that will actually mean for Dana. I feel like there would be criminal problems for Dana if Sheriff Sam got it, but if Dr. Lubell got it, could she make the doppelganger not exist? And in that case, who was it that Dana killed? I think she might make it so that it's not a doppelganger and Dana killed, like, just a regular person and was going to go to jail for it. Yikes. I I did like how they said, you were talking about how that it resembles the photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of this yearbook photo, and that that photo was really just a smudge with eyes, but Cecil's like, that's okay, because the body was basically a smudge with eyes, too. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) So Cecil is trying to keep an open mind about this, and he says that if Dana is guilty of the things that she's being accused of, then she does need to be held accountable. But also... He's got a spare bedroom if Dana needs to hide out somewhere, which no one would think to look for her there. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cecil. God. We go from there to traffic, which was sort of a weird kind of poem about a driver and a house and a woman and everything has changed, but it's really kind of the same. And is it worth it? Is anything going to be different? And she drove all this way to this house and this dirt path. And and it was very kind of a very rambly little story there. Yeah, it was. She was going to see somebody that she hasn't seen in 30 years who promises that things are going to be better now but she's not really optimistic but she's trying to be optimistic not that that's going to change the future but it'll make the last five minutes of driving more pleasant so yeah it's the usual traffic yes yes okay so dr jones is on the way he called to tell cecil that part of what he wants to talk about is he says he has concerns about dr labelle's behavior and he thinks something needs to change um cecil's open-minded, I suppose, but, you know, it's... He doesn't really have a whole lot to say about this. He just goes ahead and talks about the update for the civic mural thing that was going on downtown. Yeah, you may remember that the murals uh, that were painted that were very, very strange 
they shed all of their paint and revealed flesh underneath. So now they're just these flesh buildings in town. Well, a flesh person walked out of it and it, wow. it kind of, it must be a person because it's shaped like a person, but of course it has no skin and its eyes and its teeth look really big due to the fact that there's no skin around them. And um, yeah, it, uh-huh. it, it walked into town and caused some consternation and then it disappeared inside the big five sporting goods store. Yeah, we have those out here. I love that uh, the people who work at the Big Five didn't notice a skinless person walk inside, but they're a little busy because the store is having a 200% off sale where they basically pay customers to take their stuff and they're going out of business. And I'm like, ah, that's where I get my uh, running shoes. I'd love that they would do that. I'll take some shoes, please. And some money. Thank you. All right. We go from there to another PSA. So <laughs> for two episodes now, we've had PSAs from the Council of This or the Council of That. And first it was the Council for Food, and then it was mm-hmm. the Council for Water. Well, now, my fellow Americans, there are some people that are trying to hoodwink you about what's important. And we're here to tell you that we are what's important, and we are the Council for Air. <laughs> they are the most important. Studies have shown that people who do not breathe air are all dead. So I'm like, well, they do have a point but yeah that's again they're saying obviously you can't survive without air and all the people that say that food is important and water is important it can't be all three yeah so just do your own research people google and then pick the results that match up with what you already believe which interestingly i think is how people choose churches but anyway oh yeah well it's certainly how they choose news stations that's for sure (laughs) tells you certain things don't breathe grass clippings and also don't breathe that new sweater even though the label says the fabric is breathable i'm like "Ah, (laughs) yes they're planning on suing the gap for that because it's not air and you can't breathe it no their slogan is air without it you literally die (laughs) all right so dr jones is at the station and he's telling cecil or cecil's reporting what he's saying because we don't actually hear from him that he feels like dr labelle is going too far and dr jones doesn't really feel like science can be a thing to control. It needs to be a thing to help people, to to reach out and forge connections. And he has more things to say, but he can't say it here. So Cecil needs to come with him. Not to the Moonlight All Night Diner, someplace secret, of course. And, <laughs> and first, when Cecil said that Dr. Jones wants him to come with him to someplace private, I'm thinking, no, you don't ever go to the second location. God, what are you, crazy? No. There's no witnesses there, Cecil. But oh, God. it's something quite different that actually happens. Yes, yes. Um, Just real quick, I do like that they said that she's using explanations as executions specifically. And I'm like, that's a good line. I like that. But yeah, everything gets very quiet. And Cecil had apologized. He said, I'm sorry, listeners, to leave you. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to go to the weather, but I've got to go to this meeting. And he leaves. And there's nothing except... There's footsteps that quietly approach the mic. I thought for sure that was part of the intro to the weather, but it is Me too. It is not. It is actual Dr. Lubell, who is crowing about the fact that Dr. Jones managed to lure Cecil away, and now she's going to take over the broadcast, and she's looking at things, and it's like, hmm, the ske- according to the schedule here, it's now time for the weather. And then we go to the weather. 
In the middle of the weather, yes. It was When a Heart Breaks Slowly by Natasha Remy. And a little poppy, a little folky, I suppose. It was nice. We were bopping along to it a bit. I really like those songs where suddenly in the background, you'll hear the guitars and maybe violins being plucked. This really complex tune going on in the background as the chorus continues. I really love that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that was cool. So the weather ends, and it's Dr. LaBelle, and she sounds a little puzzled. She's like, well, that wasn't the weather. That was a song. Why would you call a song the weather? And says something like, a song is like artsy-fartsy stuff, and I believe you should call things what they are. And this whole broadcast is filled with nonsense. She's talking about traffic that's really an odd flash story about, like, sad family events and everything, and horoscopes that are just jokes and don't tell you what the stars are saying you should do with your life. She's really pissed off. Yeah. But what she really boils all this down to is that she is now in control of the station, of the politics, which is basically political science, and she's in charge of science, and science means what she thinks it means, and she thinks that people need to only hear the actual fact of everything that's happening all the time, and she's the one that knows what that is, and if you disagree, she'd be happy to explain it to you, and I'm like, ooh, that was a threat. Yeah, that was a big threat right there. And she signs off by saying, I have no idea what time of day you would call this. It's not quite night. It's not quite evening. It's certainly not morning and everything. So I'll just say, show over, Night Vale. Show over. And I'm like, yipe! <laughs> yes. she, uh, right before that, she had said something like, stay tuned for the relentless march of progress, whether you want it or not, and you will learn to want it. <laughs> and so here's the thing. We were talking about all the things that we have lost because she's explained things to death, mm-hmm. you know? We've lost the glow cloud. We've lost station management. Sarah Sultan. Oh, my God. She's gone after the weather. (laughs) She has. And I think she's gone after this broadcast. So what the hell is the next episode going to look like? Yeah, I mean, I always like when we had the episodes where this station was being run by Kevin, and so we would have the nice Desert Bluffs theme song and everything. I seriously doubt we're going to have anything that fun if Dr. LaBelle takes it over. No, there will be probably... Numbers, I think, like yeah. the numbers station, like everything boiled down to its component science. Oh man, next episode is going to be brutal. <laughs> it's going to oh, be awful. God, well, I mean, it's, uh, I've been worrying about anybody that runs into her, but I'm also been trying to think about how Dr. LaBelle could explain things away, and I'm. I don't know if Night Vale would go there, but what if she decides to try to explain away Cecil and Carlos's relationship as being oh, not man. making sense? Because, oh, no. I mean, there, there are jerks in politics who I will not name who have actually been quoted as saying that if it's not your biological child, you don't count as a mother. And I'm like, oh, I'm geez. sure I could see, nah, they probably won't go that ugly on this show, hopefully. I don't know, man. It's gotten pretty ugly. But yeah, if they're just like, I don't know, I mean, biologically... If she goes into whole, like, should be a man and a woman, I'm going to be like, wow. Yeah. But yeah, maybe that would maybe be too far. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. Just like, oh, wow, that's too real. Ugh, yeah. Well, that was it. That was Night Vale. We did uh, take a look at some of the stuff in the store because they've got a lot of things on sale because they're trying to move some stuff out to make room for new things. And I highly recommend it. You can actually just Google Welcome to Night Vale store and it'll pop up the Topaco, Topaco, you know, the name of the, they do lots of different shows and stuff. They're really good people. Um, And a lot of cool stuff in there. I was particularly interested. 
I mean, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to buy one, but in the intro, they said that this is one of the most Night Vale things you could possibly get. They have tour shirts from a tour that didn't happen, you know, from 2020 yeah. when they had to cancel the freaking tour. So you can actually buy merchandise for that. I think they just recently found all that in storage. Like, that oh. is a very Night Vale sort of thing to have. Oh, man. Seriously, they talked about, yes, you can buy a show that... You didn't go to because nobody went to it, not even the performers. Oh, man, that is, that's awesome. I like that a lot. So one more Night Vale thing I wanted to mention. I will put a copy of the picture in the podcast description. Last episode, I put up copies of the pictures, the fan art that I had tried to do for the Transformers art in Mid-Journey, and mm-hmm. it totally didn't work, though it had some interesting stuff. So we tried to do Hiram McDaniels, and I had specifically given it a prompt. It was like, welcome to Night Vale fan art, five-headed dragon, literally a five-headed dragon, you know, as, as many words as I could put in there. At no time did I ask for Cecil to be in that picture. But what Midjourney gave us was a picture of kind of the hive mind of the Internet's version of Cecil with the glasses and mm-hmm. the hair. And um, he's in the center and the dragons are kind of surrounding it. Definitely 100% not what I was going for. Intriguing nonetheless. Yeah, he, it pulled up like a coat of arms design for all yeah, of this, yeah. it looked like. And... Yeah, it's, it's not what we asked for, but there are just little elements that I think could be taken and used for other drawings. Like, I love yeah. any kind of variation on the dragon form, because I don't yeah. want to draw the same dragon all the time. So you do little variations in the ears and the horns and how the scales are shaped on the face, that sort of thing. But one of them had a purple dragon head that was looking up at a violet flower that was falling down. I'm like, that is yeah. so violet, the, the purple head. It's pr- it, it really did have a lot of things to recommend it. I did. I was actually a little bit impressed. Um, definitely not what I was looking for, but still interesting. But I will. I'll put a link to that or a copy of that in the podcast description so you can see it too. Very interesting stuff. All right. So moving on, I finally watched something. I watched the first episode of The Umbrella Academy season three. Ah, uh, did you now? And what did you think? That was a hoot. That was just. <laughs> that was so fun because of course it starts with the. Umbrella Academy showing up at home only to find out that their father was so unimpressed with them when he met them before he'd adopted the children that he Mm -hmm. decided to adopt seven different children and form the Sparrow Academy. And Boy, the um, the Umbrella Academy is a little slow in the uptake because they're still like, this is our house. And I'm just thinking, guys, guys, time travel. Obviously, everything's yeah. changed. But I think, oh, I think there's some heartbreak coming up for at least one of the characters. So one of the Sparrow Academy members, her power is she like she like spit this like venom at somebody. And when it touches mm-hmm. their skin, they hallucinate. But you don't realize that at first because Diego gets hit and then suddenly they're getting ready to fight but they have a dance battle instead and it's set <laughs> it's set to footloose which is only one of the best 1980s songs out there and right, right. It, it's complex it's fun i mean everybody all the characters are taking it so seriously but it looked like the actors were having an amazing time oh i know i know i just any excuse to have a cool song on that show but that dance was really cool it was it was yeah and all of the different powers 
characters come into play when Diego shakes it off, and then they have a fight for real. And unfortunately, the Umbrella Academy kind of gets their asses hand to them, although Vanya mm-hmm. manages to release like a power surge at one point that just throws everybody back, and they like tell her, it's over, you can leave, and she kind of stumbles out. But it's pretty obvious they were ticked off afterwards that she managed to beat them, and that's not yeah. something they're used to. No, I, th- I really think the power set has definitely changed with Vanya having more access to her powers, because I don't know that anybody else's power is quite as impressive as hers, or potentially deadly. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, we see a little bit of the dynamics between the Sparrow Academy and their father. And it feels like, you know, number one is sort of in charge and he's kind of ordering their father around. However, he's still doing the thing where he's like, he can only say nice things about people if they're not there to hear it. So when he's talking to Klaus and telling him what happened, you know, how there's suddenly these seven new people and he tells them how unimpressed he was. Well, then when he was talking to the Sparrow Academy, he said, but I think we should possibly not discount them because they did manage to save the world. Maybe I was wrong about them. I'm like, oh, he's still manipulating people by comparing them and making sure that they know that they fell short. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did they have the bit where number five hallucinated? Yes, they did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was You have to give me a second. I'm trying to look up because I I didn't look up a translation of what the two of them were saying to each other. Did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. But it was just okay. it was so romantic because he hallucinates that this mannequin that's missing an arm just kind of walks up to him and then she slowly morphs into a real woman and they're talking to each other in another language and it's so romantic and he reaches over to kiss her and then the woman who made him hallucinate just kind of rolls her eyes like are they all perverts because she can (laughs) for some reason she can see what they're hallucinating I think because when Diego suddenly shook himself out of the dance battle and everyone else is still talking and he looks over at her and she's got her eyes wide and she kind of nods at him, uh huh. So, <laughs> and I'm not sure what what language was he speaking with the mannequin. Uh, it it looks like uh, Reddit says it was Italian. Uh huh. Oh, so that's cool. Um, what are they saying? What are they saying? She says something like five. My love, I have missed you so much. And he says, I also missed you, my angel, more than you can imagine. Come to me, something like that. Oh. So one, of the res- one of the responses to that was, be right back, going to sob. <laughs> it's just so, I'm so invested in their relationship. And it really was really beautiful. You wouldn't think that she would ship a guy with a mannequin so much, but I'm like, it's lovely. It really is adorable. But yeah. so... The Umbrella Academy is kind of stumbling away, and Klaus shows them to this hotel where he used to hang out all the time that is apparently just this place where weird people go and nobody asks questions. So Uh they managed to get, you know, rooms, even though they still haven't clued into the fact that the guy running the front desk doesn't remember Klaus. So, yeah. And Allison is, of course, fixated on getting back to her daughter and she calls and leaves a message for her ex-husband and I'm just sitting there thinking okay this is going to be bad this is going to be really bad but then five comes up to where everyone's eating some Chinese food and he breaks the news that they as like the people who were born by this weird event where people around the world just suddenly had a baby even though they hadn't been pregnant 
well, those people are still there. So there's a chance that they could run into themselves and have that time-traveling psychosis that Five had towards the end of the last season. So that's the thing. I did think it was interesting. They started out the episode with a flashback that must have been how Ben was born. And it was these two teenagers in a subway in Japan. And they're being adorable with each other. And like, you know, really hesitant. And obviously, you know, I don't think anything sexual has happened between them yet, but they, they kind of dig each other, but they're being kind of chased about it and everything, which is almost exactly how the two people from Russia were acting before, I think it was Luther must have been born. And I think so, yeah. I, I wonder if that's, if whatever it is that like went into these people, if it was specifically looking for people who were receptive to it for some reason, I don't know. I don't know, because I feel like there were at least when they showed in the very first season, some of the other births and pregnancies, some people seemed pretty damn traumatized. But yeah, I guess there was that one girl that she was flirting with the guy at the swimming the pool. The swimming pool. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of. It was in Russia, I think. Oh, that's right. You're right. I why did I think the Russian was the farm one? I swear there was a farm. Yeah, I'd have to go and look back. Maybe all the people, they were actually, you know, with somebody that they were happy with. I don't know. I don't know. And they said that there were, in both, you know, the first season and the beginning of this season, that there were 16 children that were born. So we've got the seven Umbrella Academy and the seven Sparrows. And then there's Lila, who uh, she was kidnapped in order to be, you know, a little secret weapon. So we're missing one somewhere. Okay, you're not you're you're looking at me and not saying anything. So obviously, I, I know where some of the um, I I know where some of the story is going to go now. <laughs> Am I frozen? No, I no, no. I was that was that was me. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm trying not to have my face say anything at all. I don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that revelations was revelations um, to come. Yeah. But yeah, that was just. I mean, it was so fun. And it ends kind of abruptly with uh, number one getting killed by some weird glowing fireball in the basement of the Sparrow Academy. And Mother is there and she's worshipping it because she can hear what it's saying and she's writing symbols on the floor. So yes, interesting developments. Perhaps the world's going to get ended again. Yeah, entirely possible. I did think it was pretty... Yeah, to have somebody get killed that fast, I was like, "Oh wow, okay, they're they're gone, they're gone." Apparently, Apparently they're, they're gone. gone. So in case you're in case you're wondering, yes, they're gone. And Vanya had actually been trying to work with him to get their time traveling suitcase back because Mother had wandered off with it and stored it in the basement somewhere, because she went ahead and confronted Number One at a diner and told him, "Here's what's going to happen: You're going to exercise on the roof tomorrow. I'm going to be down there with all of your fans, and I'm going to challenge you to a fight, and I'm going to win because I have destroyed." the world twice. So that was, I love Anya being badass. Me too. It's neat. Yeah. That's another person who has a nice, uh, nice journey ahead. I think so. Well. Yeah. I was expecting the, uh, the change to have happened already by now, but I guess they're saving that up. Mm-hmm. Not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries or the fan art galleries. Haven't done a fan art gallery in a while. Probably should. Yes, we probably should. I saw that Leland is doing Mermaid again on Instagram. Oh, yes, always fun yes. stuff uh, there. I think it's Leland P13 
or Leland Pierce Art on Instagram. You can find his stuff there. He he likes a lot of those monthly challenges. He does a lot of them. Yeah, and there are always interesting results on those. Oh, yeah, very fun. Also, you can go to Fan Dragon Adams on Instagram. You can see the mandolin that Catherine just finished oh, making. Oh, my God. I can't believe I finally finished that. Four months that took. But And you know wow. what? The longest part was doing the finish. I mean, who knew? Oh, it was it's so yeah. complicated. I'm glad I had much, much instructions. And maybe my future stuff will end up looking pretty good because I'll actually know a little bit more about what I'm doing. But yeah, I'm, I'm nice. looking forward to seeing, to learning how to play the mandolin now, which I, I don't actually know yet. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is gonna be <laughs> anyway, all that and more, pixeladygeek.com. So next week we'll have Laura Olympus. Laura Olympus. Oh my goodness. goodness. I, have you noticed the uh, Laura Olympians have been waiting like an extra day in order to post the recap? So we used oh, to get them, we used to get them on Mondays, I thought. Now we're getting them on Tuesdays, which yeah. is, it's, it's been kind of nice to read that and get some of the stuff that I miss from the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Maybe they're just, I mean, it's just like the the worry that one always has when doing a recap. Am I somehow taking away from the person that I'm recapping? Like, will someone want to listen to our Night Vale recaps instead of listening to Welcome to Night Vale? No, they wouldn't want to do that. And the <laughs> no. Night Vale's so much more fun. I mean, yes, we do an excellent podcast. However, we're, yes, we're not seriously. Night Vale and we never claim to be. Shut up. No, no. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> But one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. We always did like when Kevin would do, um, um, oh my God, um, um, Desert Bluffs. Desert Bluffs? Desert Bluffs, I think. Was it? Hang on. It's not Desert Bluffs, is it? Desert block. <laughs> don't, don't, don't second guess yourself on that. I know, I really shouldn't. Anyway, I'll start over. <laughs>